Hello and welcome back to another episode of You Want to Do What? Today we've got Mark Davis on and he's the Head of Business Development at Leicester Tigers. Hi Mark. Uh, hi guys, good to be here. Thank you for the uh, the opportunity. A pleasure to have you on. Um, we're excited, we're both big rugby fans, um, so it's pretty cool that you work at Leicester Tigers. Uh, how do you uh, how do you find that? I've been a lot of fun last three months, I won't lie to you. I think that uh, part of the challenge of me, me joining the Tigers was, um, you know, the challenge of of restoring a, a club to to further glory and, and the place that 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 it should be and, and kind of you know dominate to some sort of extent really and I think we're we're sat here two years later after what happened and you know I'd be lying if I thought it was planned within two years but it's uh, yeah certainly nice nice to be a part of something when it turns around to to such an extent that it has so far very cool so do you want to tell everyone a bit about what you do Mark. Yeah, of course. I mean, fundamentally at Tigers, I head up um, what we call all the B2B operations. So, you know, for those that have been in and around sport and stadium and those sort of pieces, it's, you know, partnerships and and, and, and sponsorship uh, it is a big part of that. Hospitality, events, uh, licensing and, and kind of new revenue streams that you can pull to sports clubs as and when, you know, evolution uh, let lets you be it. so from digital to um, more membership driven international pieces so, so it's all encompassing um, in that sort of regard really but fundamentally linked to to the corporate side of the business so let's go back a bit um, did you go to university what was your first kind of job all, all those kind of details please yeah of course so I um, so <laughs> go back a long way now <laughs> feel like it so um i went to university Coventry university in 1999 um doing a, a sport management degree um so spent three years there um and then followed it up with a, with a sport management master's because I, I wasn't ready for the big wide world of working at that point <laughs> if i'm being honest mm. so um, then uh, after that you've done university where did you go yeah, so I uh, finished my, my my university degree and I um, was kept on by the university. So I, I was the guy that was handing out sports scholarships for, for Coventry University, um, trying to in, entice talented young athletes to, to come to the to the to the university to obviously learn the le- learn the degrees and, and kind of take their sporting um, needs to the next level as such, really. So you know, Coventry was very powerful for a lot of swimmers, uh, Olympic hopefuls and kind of team sport plus really. So I did that. And alongside that, randomly, I, I used to work in a bar um, to try and just make extra money, really. And and kind of both led me to, to my first job, which I'm sure you're going to come to next, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. So am I right in saying that's Huddlesfield Town Football Club? Coventry City was the first one. Coventry City. Yeah, so... Um, I was fortunate enough that I, um, you know, we, they were building what is the the CBS arena. But it was obviously the Rico to begin with. So that was a project that uh, had been going on since I started university and, and kind of was just finishing. And, and the and the management team that were were the, the managing the project as such. Um, you know, it sounds it sounds like the raging alcoholics, but would come in <laughs> my bar on most Thursdays for a nicer. But we also serve food, so. Uh, they'd come in for a meal and, and I struck up a relationship and obviously I had the background of a, you know, a sport business degree at that point, really, and, and created a perfect storm where when the, the stadium was complete, the, the the guys moved over to the football side of the business and 
being a, a football guy kind of from my youth onwards uh, gave me an opportunity that there was a real good foot in the door moment and, and kind of what I, what I knew as an early 20s year old was the most interesting career I thought it'd be really. And what was it like uh, working inside the world of football? I can imagine for a lot of people growing up, that's quite a dream. So um, what was it what you expected? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, uh, it, was a, it was a lot of fun um, combined with ridiculous amount of hours that you seem to it. And I think the beauty of sport um, is that emotional attachment, isn't it, really? So you find a... You know, you never fear a Monday. You might be disappointed because you've lost a little bit the weekend, but it's all consuming and and you step into that life and acknowledge that, that that's going to take it on, really. And, and you know, for me to be plunged into a, a new stadium with new management, with new projects was a real baptism of fire, but a, a really good baptism of fire for, for someone who's been on the outside looking in and wouldn't question why certain things had happened and to get that real insight around the decisions that you make on a you know an, an hourly basis that have a bigger effect on the the greater good of a, of a club was really fascinating for me and then your career you've worked through some some different football teams right um what was the kind of uh that kind of process and and development of what you what you've been doing at those clubs yeah and i think when you you know when you, you when you step into a sports team and um and what have you you kind of you know they're so varied sports businesses that it takes a while to know you know what what really excites you within it and and for me it was always the um the marketing and the commercial side of, of businesses so i knew you know quite quickly um you know getting fans in getting fans into the shop all those sort of bits and then the, the real kind of learnings from it was that wider commercial bit around um you know the brand you know the advertising boards when you realize it's more than just a bit of branding it's all the science and all the bits that goes behind the commercial side of sponsorship and those pieces so for me you know my sweet spot was around the commerciality of the business and i knew that you know that was where i thought my future would lie on that side of it rather than you know the finance and, and the other bits really so you know for me going to it was south end united after that sort of really uh, i knew it was a skill i wanted to hone um and was a project that excited me at the time so going down the road you know you you've gone from football to rugby how was that transition is it is it much different or is it it's a very similar skill side imagine um you know listen every sport is 80 percent similar and 20 percent nuanced to the club rather than the sport itself and and i knew that but every everyone's a little bit different so um, I had the joys of joining Tigers in one of the early weeks of, I think it was probably the first week of the first lockdown. Um, so, you know, it had taken me a good few months to one, get to the office and two, to actually meet some of the colleagues face to face, really. Um, and then what you're immediately struck with is the size of people who work in <laughs> football where, um, <laughs> Yeah, that was a that was a you know you realise you should have been nicer to some people on a Zoom call and <laughs> office had eight foot tall and things like that really. But as a you know for me, um, you know I I was always a like an England rugby. I don't know if they're called fairweather, but you know that person would watch an England game and and not really understand what was going on, but would watch it because it, you know it was the thing to do. And then when you when you step into the world of rugby, what what was fascinating for me was. You know the value proposition depending on you know 
how brutal the sport is. For, you know, for you to go into rugby, you, you have to adopt a certain set of values, which really struck struck well with me and and, and made it quite smooth, really. And, and you realise that it operates a little bit differently, but is a is a is an unbelievable sport to work in when you get beneath the surface and see one how technical it is because you don't understand it until you're in it and that's probably the hardest bit with rugby is selling that story but actually how good some of the people and the supporters and the business that you deal with um on a day-to-day basis are within the sport really so for me you know i still don't know all the rules i'll i'll, I'll level with you <laughs> i spend most of my time watching the referee's arm um but as a business and as a industry um i've, I've been loving it so far and, and hopefully continue to love it i'll be honest i'm pretty sure every rugby fan doesn't exactly know the rules that's why i say it's so many. if the people that have brought up around it don't know the rules what chance are there for people like us yeah. <laughs> um so this whole world of, of commercial side of sport is i think really interesting and people don't really talk about it uh, much at school or university but do you think people need to go to university to go into this kind of field or is it something you could maybe approach after school maybe apprenticeships things like that i think i think it's a fascinating question and it's a question i get asked quite a lot in that um there is no kind of clear pathway into sport from a from a business point of view now if you want to be a uh, a physiotherapist or sports science it's very linear the process you have to go through to, to kind of get there as such and you know i appreciate that there are now you know football universities that can give you certainly a head start or a grounding of, of kind of what they um you know, the day-to-day runnings and, and give you that sort of insight that, that you would ask for, really. But I do think, you know, the beauty of it that there isn't a specific structure within it, but it does make it hard at the same time. So, you know, we would recruit, certainly even within commercial as such, really, that, um, you know, whether that's sales or or a sponsorship or that a partnership delivery is, is a better example that is heavily uh, marketing based and the the variants of applications you get are are crazy because one it's exciting and everybody um there's little skills from all industries that can play into it really so yeah there isn't a path i think for us um you know clearly as we look to recruit i think that um you know a, a, a business a sport interest you know whether that's degree or otherwise it is clearly a consideration because you know, it is a, it's hard to get into and, it, and it's a hard industry to um, not stay in as such really, but it is that all consuming piece and it isn't for everyone. So if you have a passion for sport or you have a commitment to a sport business type background, you're, you're certainly, uh, you're certainly more comfortable choice for those of us that are recruiting that way because we know the demand and you've seen a bit of the demand that it places on you. Obviously, um, aside from yourself, there's probably a lot of other jobs surrounding uh, sports and clubs and that, which people probably don't understand or really realise how much there is to go in it. How big is that vaccine behind the actual pitch? Yes, it's a really good question. So you can be, I mean, if you use football as an example, you know, you you look at the the upper echelons and a Manchester United, Liverpool, you know, they 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 could have upwards of, of 400 you know, bluntly admin type staff, you know, and that's from the guys selling sponsorship in China, Asia, America, through to, 
you know, six graphic designers I've known some clubs to have and, and what have you. So, you know, you have at the top level, you have very sizable teams. And then, you know, the you look at a League Two level where you might have, you might only have 12 full-time members of staff in the office, in the business, in the in that side of the industry, in that side of the organisation, really. So it really kind of depends on your reach as a club, the level you're in, and, and, and what you need those facilities to and those people to do um per se so yeah they can be big small but um going back to your point i always you know my one of my um when i was at huddersfield we had a club ambassador a guy called andy booth who's, who's a local legend and you know he retired and and we we gave him that position to to help us out on a community level and and his learnings was that he just turned up and thought match days happened or sponsors happened or community happened and there is a real um lack of understanding what goes on behind the scenes sometimes really so yeah they can be big small but there's a lot of work going on that that is beneath the surface so to speak what would be some uh, personality traits that you see in yourself that um allow you to thrive in this role in this career i mean for me you know i can, I can only talk to myself uh, talk about myself and i think that you know, I played competitive sport to a pretty high level. So I know what I know what winning looks like and I know what achievement looks like and I know what effort looks like to kind of get there really. And I think for me, um there's a narrow minded stubbornness of getting to the end goal. And, you know, I'll be working on that end goal all my life really. But I certainly feel that that's what sets people apart and, you know, that drive is even manufactured but if, if you've got it it certainly helps you a long way and you know you naturally pick it up if you play a competitive sport of, of any sort of nature really so um yeah it's the i think they call it a train to win mentality that that i adopt and, and would like all you know people to adopt that work for me and if you could offer somebody listening to this and things you know i'd love to get into that side of sport you know the commercial side the business side what would be maybe a couple of key skill sets you'd recommend they work on? Oh, great question. I think that, um, I think knowledge of an actual club, you know, and, and you can, you can, you're pretty well versed to get a lot of that information out there, really. So if you know, um, if you have a good grounding of, of what goes on behind the scenes as such, really, uh, and certainly some of the challenges, because um, you know, we're, I've just talked about how big a lot of sports teams are and what the back sound is, but we're all you know, relatively small SMEs, 95% of our businesses as such, really. So, um, you know, we're not an Apple and a Google, so we'd never spend 50, 60 grand on marketing campaigns necessarily, unless there was a, a real transactional piece at, at the end of it um, and what have you. So if you've got an insight of how they work when it comes to that kind of recruitment and you know, whether you're pitching for a job in marketing or, or the wider business will certainly set you aside. And, you know, the other bit I always say to, to people is almost make yourself known to the club. Now, you know, the the recruitment process, you know, we can put a job out and have anything north of 700 applicants for any job at, at any time, really. So anything that can put you on the radar of us, whether that's, um, you know, volunteering for positions, whether you've worked a match, or even you've worked in the stadium for the caterers as such, or 
yeah or you're that guy that mocks up concept kits and and puts them on the you know twitter instagram and all those sort of bits really i would you know anything you can do that puts you in the the ether of the club that you want to work for as such i'd certainly um throw out there really and and again the it's just hard work and, and putting yourself out there to some extent would be the tips I'd give anyone, certainly younger, wanting to get into this world. And, you know, ultimately, you know, if you know what you want to do within that club, um, that will certainly help. You know, for example, corporate sales where you're on the phone trying to sell hospitality. Um, if you're used to telesales, outbound calling, those, it will put you ahead of someone who just like sport and used to play sport and those sort of scenarios really but you won't know that until you've had a bit of experience in that space to know what you're good at and and where you pitch yourself really i think that's really interesting we you know we talk about this a lot actually on the podcast when you mentioned you get 700 cvs for one job (laughs) um you know that's that's not uncommon these days for for a lot of jobs um but what you said about making yourself known how we talk about creating a personal brand using LinkedIn, using Twitter. And like you said, it doesn't have to be anything major, but like even mocking up a kit or, or tagging the club and saying, Hey, look at this. Or if you've got an idea or just create some kind of content that will set you apart from the competition. Right. That's, I mean, we talk about that all the time on here. Yeah. I couldn't agree more. It's so hard on both sides of the field, isn't it? Because you'd love to wade through 700 CVs and give them all the time. And, take them on one face value and go right this is it but we don't have the time and and likewise you're one of 700 applicants and and it's hard for you to sell yourself through that process alone as such really but um you know so i i couldn't agree with you more whether that is yeah using your brand i think that's great linkedin is a great example commenting blogs um you know pictorial pieces if if, if that's what interest you want to get into um or volunteering at the club or, or, you know, at least emailing in and asking for a chat as such, really just from a career piece. It will all help you, but it's, it's you as an individual putting yourself forward as part of that process. Mm. And what would you say has been the biggest positive you've taken out of working in this side of sport? When you get older and you look at your quality of life and the things that matter to you and and the, the work-life balance as such really what, what i always take away from sport and that's whether you support the club you work for or you're just involved in it and the buzz that it gives you is that you know not once in my 17 year career have i dreaded a monday morning you know i i'm you become a fan on a match day so if the team loses you're a little bit meh um on the sunday as such but you go in on the monday and there's always something happening there's always stuff being talked about and and you're part of something where you have a contribution to and i think that's what drives you forward so you will never you know if you're giving your all you will never dread that monday morning which i, I you know other people in under inches and other jobs um are a big consideration about going through the motions as such really and, and that's you know, the biggest highlight I continue to have, whether it's, you know, starting out at Coventry through to where I am today, really. On the flip side of that, though, what have been some of the biggest challenges you faced? <laughs> Losing on a Saturday. Uh, <laughs> no. um, there's, there, there is always that bit that, um, well, I, you know, you, you 
you go through challenges. So I've been at clubs where we've sold the best player. I've been at clubs where we've sacked a manager that everybody's liked. Um, I've been at clubs where the team has got relegated as such, really. So there are certainly, I would never say low points. I think what um, a great analogy I always kind of use is that if I'm selling a, a bottle of Coca-Cola and, and I'm trying to sell it to a to a vendor and they take a sip and they go, look, it's, you know, it's too sweet. I'm not buying it. At least I can go back and say, look, they're not buying it, but this is what we can do to change it. Now, again, you know, sport is great. It's a great show. It's a great event. It's great entertainment. But for a period of time at three o'clock most Saturdays, you kind of lose control. It's a bit like it's a bit like gambling, isn't it? You're you're placing a bit of a wager on that happening. And yeah, in all my years, despite the losses, I've never had the bravery to tell a manager he needs to do better and, and things like that, that, that kind of come of it. And it's probably, you know, the hardest challenge is how you deal with the lack of control over the core piece that will always matter from whether you're selling, promoting, or just being part of it really. Um, but you know, these are, you step into it and you know, this is it when you, when you go into the industry and you treat it as a challenge nonetheless. And uh, would you still go into the industry knowing everything you know now? Oh, a hundred percent. I'd still, I'd oh, still go into it. Yeah. I think that, um, yeah, I can only talk for me and, you know, I, I, like I say I, I was <laughs> a very failed footballer myself back in the day and went and, and kind of knew I liked business and knew I liked sport and knew once I got into it, it would be for me. And, and, you know, being honest, I probably didn't realize how much I'd wanted to be into it. Cause at one stage, um, you know, I'm a nineties child and we all wanted to be Tom Cruise from Jerry Maguire really. So <laughs> We wanted to be hanging out with the Weymouth and all these other people. But for me, when I got into it, uh, I knew that was where my passion was. And I'm lucky enough to still be in it all this time later. Well, Mark, it's been an absolute pleasure hearing all about your career and really appreciate your time. Thank you. No, pleasure, guys. Thank you again for inviting me on and, and, and being able to share some of the stories. No, thank you, Mark. Um, where can people maybe find you? Um, yeah, find your I mean, LinkedIn or something? Yep. Yeah, uh, LinkedIn is the, that's probably the easiest and, and most common. Um, and what have you. Uh, and then I think I've got a ridiculous Twitter name, which is Mark E. Davis, which is Mark Y. Davis. So um, go on there where you can see some of the, the stuff that, that we're doing at Tigers. But LinkedIn, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty easy to find on there, to be fair. Brilliant. Thanks, Mark. No worries. Thanks, guys.